0: Hello? Hello?
1: Hey, y'all. My name is Phoebe Hunt, and you've tuned in to Listen First. This is my podcast, where basically I'm going to dissect songs that I just wrote with some of my best friends here in Nashville. Over the past 15 years of traveling around and playing my songs, I've met some incredible songwriters. Some of them are established artists that you've probably heard of, and some of them are up and coming, just like myself. Each episode, I'll take the recording and dissect what was happening in the mind of the songwriter. You'll hear the mistakes and the thought process behind finding the perfect line or the perfect rhyme. Now, because these songs are not yet commercially released, you can really only hear them exclusively here, streaming on Patreon. You can't download them, you can't share them with your friends, but you can invite your friends to listen first with you. And hey, one of these days, one of these songs might end up as a huge hit, and it would be wonderful to have shared the experience of the first listen with you. Thanks again for tuning in. Listen First. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Listen First. And today's episode, we're going to listen to the first time Maya DeVitri and I ever played our new song, The Archer, this was actually written the same day as our first song, Nothing Else Matters. We had a really productive songwriting day that day, and um, we went into different rooms and we each wrote, and then we came back and shared what we had been creating, and The Archer was the seed of a song that I had started, and Maya began listening really deeply and helping me to uncover the theme of the song. and expanded into a second verse and then she picked up the fiddle and played so i hope you like our version of the archer that we created um back in february and now here we are all the way in july and i'm excited for you to get to hear this song and hopefully one day it makes it onto an album so you'll hear our conversation about the song and then you'll hear our first song the archer Hi, good morning. I'm on my morning walk with Maya <laughs> Um, We're finally, we're walking together again and Maya's my friend. <laughs> and so we get... <laughs> so we get to have these walks and we thought we would just talk about creativity and record some of our conversation on our walk. And um, this episode is featuring the song, The Archer which we wrote the same day that we wrote Nothing Else Matters. And we don't have to talk about The Archer, but we could just talk about songwriting or creativity or anything. While I was just speaking and saying such eloquent words.
2: I said, can we just record some of our <laughs> conversation? So you were saying? Um, oh, we were talking about how, how good you're feeling that you just got to play a show. And, like, you were like, I felt like an artist this weekend, like, after, a, you know, over a year of, like, pivoting to something else, and, like, this past year we had to, like, we had to let go of that, like, indefinitely, like, the, that sense of purpose of sharing with people that way, of totally. like, connecting with people that way, and, yeah, it's, it's so easy sometimes to just, like, fill the space and tell yourself that you're okay, or <laughs> it's not easy to do that, but it's hard to do that, but you have to do it sometimes. Yeah, I don't know.
1: No, totally, we were, yeah, because this last year, like our attention shifted, mm-hmm. you know, and I got really into the seeds of music and became like an admin and coordinator for all that. And then to step back into like, what does it feel like to be an artist? And you're like, yeah, it's a totally different feeling.
2: Yeah, I feel like I was on the computer all year. Just like I was on Zoom going to college. <laughs> right. You just got your. I'm not, not quite done. Four classes to go. But I've been taking classes at MTSU for a Spanish degree. And yeah, I don't, I like have to take a break. I'm not doing anything with that this summer because I did did it like full time um trying to yeah just trying to like pivot towards another dream I've kind of put aside for a long time um for you know pursuing music and but yeah now that now that music is like and tangible again I'm just like so yeah I'm just going going diving in I just uh I just confirmed I'm going to play a residency at Dee's in July. Oh, fun! With Anthony. Oh, for, so cool! Yeah, so like full band shows and I'm really excited about that. What day of the week? Tuesday nights.
1: Tuesday nights at Dee's in Nashville for July. Cool. Yeah. I'll be there. What time? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, yep. cool. And are you going to be playing, like, new songs that you wrote during COVID time,
2: or what are you working
1: on musically?
2: Well, this weekend I just record, I just did full band tracking um, with what I think of as my five-spot band, like, five-spot venue here in town. Just It's just the people that I most regularly would play there with in the past, and so that's with Ethan, Dom, and... Anthony so we did full band tracking for a bunch of songs some co-writes that I've been wanting to record but also just songs that as soon as I booked this session I started writing them like for this band specifically just thinking about like their different strengths and energies and yeah so we just we just tracked all weekend and and I've that that is gonna be a full-length record Eventually, but um, that was the first like first time I've been, you know, doing something in the studio with people all at the same time since before the pandemic, and um, at least for for like running a session, like for my music. Um, But yeah, I've just been working on music at home all year too. Like Ethan and I have been recording basement.
1: Right, you did a whole different so this is two different albums. Two different albums.
2: <laughs> two different albums and they're like totally two different worlds. Like the first the first one, like the one that's kind of been our like touchstone saving grace mentally for the pandemic to like just go and like work on it very mindfully and slowly and and really the one where I feel like I've kind of had a chance to like step into more of like a deeper listening role like throughout the process like what happens with the song after you've written it like how do you create the world around it with the instruments and and how do you like choose which a specific individual unique musician is going to you know like w- like there's four different drummers like on the record because we, like we just like thought through so many options of drummers like well yeah like. That this drummer is like 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 Jamie Dick is like the guy to play drums on this song you know just thinking through them like that so that's the the, the one record basically each song has a, a unique ensemble that's been like made for it and some of it is it's really it's, it's really cool like we've been able to kind of go out on a limb and involve some people that maybe haven't even made like a record before and at least in this way like um, we had someone who Ethan knows from doing classical sessions in town um, she's the, the one of the bassoon players in the Nashville Symphony and she we, like wrote horn parts and she played bassoon in our basement <laughs>
1: uh-huh. so
2: you know it was just cool to go out to live and ask some people Um, who I haven't collaborated with before and yeah so there's that record very mindful uh, slow process and then there's the one that I started working on this past weekend which is like gonna be it's basically it's just gonna sound like seeing a set of a rock band in a dive bar (laughs) so very like much not that it's not mindful but it's it's a it's a more narrow eh, focused intention <laughs> from start to finish like one band like and you wrote both of the all the two sets of songs mm-hmm. completely couple of co-writes that I'm excited about on the, um, the rock band record <laughs> which one <laughs> um, so we just tracked this song hands that I wrote with Rick Robertson, who lives in New Orleans, and I'm excited to uh, excited to show him what we're working on. And then another one that um, I think we're calling "Burning Building." That I wrote with Oliver Wood, and yeah, so far those are the those are the co-writes on it, and and there's a couple more in the stack. We're gonna we're gonna book another another session it was kind of it was almost like well like, it wasn't a trial because like we were all full full in you know like I don't I don't know I don't I'm thankfully I've never yet had to like try something and like throw it all away in, in a studio setting and and I was a little nervous for this weekend though because I was this is the first time I've like produced anything myself. In a full band tracking setting, where I'm really like the only person who's um, trying to kind of notice each person's strengths in the situation, and but still guide them towards maybe a vision that's like different than theirs, because these are like a bunch of super creative people in the room, and and just yeah, just kind of reading that energy and. and, and it was just funny, like the mantra was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that sounds like the five spot, or that sounds like something we'd play at D. It's like, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, we're getting to the, you know, the raw, um, you know, da- like inhibitions are like gone. You know, the, that's the place that we were trying to get, which is, it can be really hard to get there in the studio. Um, totally. But so I was a little, a little nervous because other times I've done full band tracking in the studio. It's just, it's been this almost like a place of solitude for me where I'm only really internal processing. And you know, if, like working with somebody like Dan Nobler, who I made the first two records with, he's like this, just this like presence of like warmth and guidance for the whole band and also to me and I can just like retreat into the vocal booth or wherever I'm playing guitar and singing and I can just like close my eyes and sway (laughs) until he's just like okay cool we're ready like he's kind of told everybody what they need, peppered the room with some ideas for the next take and then I just go and he's giving me feedback as we go but without somebody like that in you know, in that specific role, I was—I just realized really quickly, like, okay, wait, I—I I have to do that. Like, I have to do self-talk. I have to—I I have to like—I have to t- externally process what's happening because I have to communicate it to the band so that they know where I'm at and like and where we're headed and. So I just, that was very hard for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so self-aware to even realize, you know, to step into that role and and maybe the experiences you've had with Dan, like, have now shown you kind of how that's done, because now you've had him hold space for you, so then you were able to, like, extend that, but you then were wearing two hats, both like the artist and that guide, the spirit coach, Uh or whatever, (laughs) That, that, that sensation of someone really holding space for all the different parts and having to listen to all the different parts, do you feel like having worked with Dan then influenced the way that you yourself kind of produced?
2: I definitely think it informed some of it, but I also I also think I realized really quickly, like, wow, like, I can't... I just have to be me in this role. I have to, like, you know, I have to... I, am you know, just, yeah, just the way that I... Because I've gotten to, I've gotten to watch a couple different amazing producers in the studio, and I've, you know, where I, I had this idea before I had opportunity to watch and work with several amazing producers in the studio. I had this idea in my head that there was like some kind of hierarchy, and that like that role was more about like really knowing what was like right or that it was something more about like control or something more about yeah I don't know like it it felt like really unattainable to me it was like well I will never know I will never know when the vocal take is good I will never know when it just like it it was like I discounted myself from that knowing Mm. before I ever even like tried to step into it Mm. and and I th- but I think the other, it's like, so the thing I learned watching all those people was like, they are just going on their taste. Like, and, and some of what they know too, but it's like the same way that I leaned into writing songs. was like, you just, you just listen to every, you just listen to what you love, and you listen to some things that you don't love as much, and you figure out what you love to make, and I think that all started to come together for me. This year, working with Ethan on the record that we're co-producing, but also this past weekend with the rock band record, where I'm just like, yeah, like, there's not, like, I don't know. It's, it is accessible. Like, it's just, I think it's because of my own personal opinions are something I often, like I said, internally process, or I kind of yield that space. But just by... There would be moments where I felt like, "Wow, this is going to be super. Cr- like, I'm going to feel insane when I say this out loud. I'm, this is super, super vulnerable for me to share this." And I would say an opinion, you know, <laughs> not not a big deal, like out loud. And everyone was just like, "Cool, cool, Maya. Like, you know, like the kind of affirmative, like group, the kind of group you want to be with in that situation where you're like, because they like they were there to kind of." I oh, don't know, it was a very positive experience. It's, it wasn't...
1: Isn't it amazing how, how we can let our guard down when we are in a group of people that are willing to, like, embrace the ideas, ideas that are shared rather than criticizing them?
2: It's amazing.
1: I had experience in a group where I felt the opposite, where ideas were criticized, mm-hmm. and it made me stop sharing them. Yep. And I remember a very pivotal moment where I came back into sharing them again. And it did require such a safe space. Like with The Gatherers, the band I play with, it's like, it's so, such a safe space to share ideas and that same sensation you're talking about, of feeling like, I'm I'm allowed to say this out loud. Uh And like, if it's not perfect, that's okay. And also I want everybody here to feel the same way everyone totally. else to feel they can share their idea and we can just try them all out yep <laughs> and then feel them because like with music it's such a visceral experience like until you've actually played the idea out yeah you don't know what it's going to sound like yep. or feel like Yep. and so but you can imagine it and so all you're doing is sharing an idea so that we can just tra- hey let's ride this roller coaster ride totally with these things in mind collectively and then we'll feel it and like you kind of, did you do find that when, when the idea hit, like you, kn- everyone in the room knew it, like oh yeah, that was a great idea. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and it, was, and it's, and it wasn't like a sense of, the, like the, the joy wasn't ever the sense of ownership in an idea or possession of an idea, like original possession of an idea, the joy was in like realizing an idea. And like, like, wow, that's, and that's like, I mean, that's what co-writing is. That's like what I've always loved about co-writing. And like at first songwriting was really precious and like, this is, this is my idea. And I have to, I'm like the guardian of this idea and I have to see it through to the end. And then co-writing, it's like, it can go wherever it goes because of the power of the two people sitting there and their vulnerability together and their ideas and non-possession with their ideas. And then it's the realization of the, you know, this sacred thing between you and not, and and that's ultimately what we want in the studio too, is like the sacred thing between everybody and not the, the, yeah, not like, not some map that you can trace back to like, you know, what what, belongs (laughs) to people or something. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think, like you're saying, being in certain situations where that kind of, that kind of sharing is more restricted or in toxic situations that, you know, we've both been in, like, then you, it's pretty clear when you, when you feel good stuff, when you felt bad stuff, then you really know the good stuff. (laughs) Totally. And there's almost like the, the yang or the dark
1: or whatever, the negative part of where you fear an idea and you're squashed or whatever it is, or you're not encouraged to continue. Like... For me, that also kind of shows me who I like to work with. Like, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like I don't like to work with people who don't like my ideas. That's not it at all. Um, but it is that like I recognize that when I share my ideas around these people, I feel they're accepted even if they're not always right. Uh-huh. And when I share them around these people, they're not. And so then I kind of can start gauging who I want to share my time with. Uh-huh. Because I would rather spend time with people who I feel comfortable to share my ideas with and then ultimately that's who you want in your band. Uh And I feel like for people out there who might have like songs or you're a songwriter and you don't know who to play with, I'd say that's a great gauge. And something I wish I had kind of recognized earlier in my career, like gauge by the people that you feel comfortable sharing your ideas with Uh and that are like willing to listen to them, you know, if if we're gonna give any advice here. (laughs) Because that's something that's just like, It can be subtle and it's like very energetic, you know, just the feeling that you get when you share something vulnerable. If you feel heard, that's a person that you wanna play music with. Uh
2: Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about something I just was reflecting to Ethan the other day. We were like, we had just finished the tracking on this record we're co-producing at the house. And I was just like, I wanted to mark the occasion, and we like went out for dinner. And I was like, okay, let's just—this let, is a big deal. We've been working on this record like for months and months and months and months. Like, let's just celebrate this moment. Go out and get some Thai food. And, and I was just telling him like that what he's able to do as a producer is to is to—and—and and I would say this as any, like, to any collaborator would be, this is what, like, what I really love <laughs> to feel on the other side of that, but I, I said, like, he's, he's able to see something that's like, maybe an idea of mine, or like an unfinished song, or a, um, something I'm playing on an instrument, or some, you know, something somebody else is playing an unfinished, an un, something unfinished and, and like believe that what is not yet physically, tangibly in the air or in the world, just believe that it's possible to be there and like to hold that space, not, and, and not to believe that it's anything specific, but that it's something more that like I'm going to draw deeper and, and write more into this song or I'm going to draw deeper on this part that I'm playing on whatever instrument and or maybe I'm going to draw not as deep or I'm going to be like more casual with it or you know and but that, that like holding that space for what is not there and like that's totally been my experience with Dan that's totally like the most positive creative experiences that I've had you know and with with Anthony and Dom, like the and Ethan this past weekend in the studio, or with you when we're writing. Like we're we're holding the space for the other person to play, not what we like like we wanna be we wanna be moved by what comes up, but we're not like we're not going to like make a rubric for what's going to move us necessarily. Like it's it's something I feel like it's just like some kind of love that you have for another person to like be themselves, Like you're just letting them like bloom more vibrantly, you know, in whatever they're, whoever they are. Like, that's how I feel about Anthony in the studio. It's like, I don't wanna play guitar with him so I can like dim his flower or dim his like color of his vibrant bloom of his guitar playing. Like, I wanna see like, how can we, how can we let Anthony's music like be a part of the bloom of this whole song. Like that's that's the super fun part to me. Like you want people to be themselves. I don't know. That's and I guess I mean that's part of why you'd want to work with people who make you feel that way. You want to work with people who let you be yourself. You know, and aren't trying to like put you in their cookie cutter or make you you know, a clone of somebody or or like fill some role that they've predetermined in their mind for who they need and I mean sure there's definitely situations where you're going to have to fill a role in a band like okay you're hired to you know play this instrument in this setting and here's what the musical director says and that's definitely a thing in music and but I think I think we're talking about like ultimately satis- like the most creatively satisfying exchanges and not necessarily the ones that we all have to do for you know rent (laughs) sometimes (laughs)
1: totally yeah the most creatively satisfying exchanges that's that's what we want to talk about because that's what we want to experience all the time as often as possible
2: yeah at least as often as possible (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah and what one thing that you're saying is like reminds me of just a simple simple quote that I can't remember who it comes from, so I apologize. But, but it's what I feel like when I'm kind of producing in a in a room. The producer's role is to bring the right people into the the right room mm-hmm. at the right time, and like then let go, because mm-hmm. that and that's a kind of what we're talking about is like how do you know the quote unquote right people? Mm-hmm. And it's not about names. It's not about
2: their legacy, legacy
1: yeah. or. It's about who you feel most connected to in that moment of creative exchange, and the, that's the, I've, And I guess the right room also plays a huge part in it. Like the studio you're at. Like, and for me, the right room isn't also about. It's not about name or prestige or cost. It's about how you feel when you're in that room and like the sounds you feel you're getting and the creative exchange with the engineer mm-hmm. is another huge part, so like... And those how are- safe
2: you feel, like how safe you feel how safe, how safe you feel to sing there, how safe you feel like, yeah, just with all the energy that's around, like do you feel safe to to, to be do to, you to feel safe to be yourself, like yeah
1: Yeah, (laughs) how do you have to? That's like the right room with the right people Mm -hmm. at the right time. And the right time is like when you yourself are really ready (laughs) to be in that space and and to know. You know, I don't know. The right time can be any time almost, but I don't know. That's like the third part that's also really important. Like you didn't do. You only did this album that you just did this weekend now, and the timing mattered because we're coming on like. re-emergence into society like it didn't feel right to do it with a band in a room a year ago but a year ago it felt right to just sit with Ethan who Uh you also live with and create and do the whole distance creation which was about the timing like that's the reason you did it that way
2: that's that's true that's true and I I didn't feel comfortable I felt comfortable going to sessions all year like if you know if I could be in a mask or if I was singing for somebody else I could go into the booth and take it off and sing my part but but I didn't want to run a session I didn't want to organize the parts and and bring people together and then like move the date a bunch of times I like couldn't I couldn't emotionally handle it so I yeah so I waited until (laughs) until everybody was fully vaccinated and we could just you know yeah I don't know just all like almost in the moment like forget that that was such a haunted part of the year just i I wanted to i kind of wanted to forget for a little bit yeah i
1: had a vocal lesson yesterday and that was one of the huge things is like we've had so much heaviness like can we bring light with our music and with our voice and with our energy like can it yes he was saying um it was um he was saying about Patty, Patsy Cline uh-huh. I fall to pieces oh, yeah. how do you sing a song that's about misery joyfully uh-huh. I fall to pieces Yeah, <laughs> you know, ooh, ah, ooh, you know? Was and joy. just her think her voice breaks in there so yeah. breaks and-, oh. <laughs> and just that idea of how do we like bring joy even to like really heavy topics and what you're talking about is like Wanting to make an album that feels like you're hanging out at D's. Yeah. Because you miss being at D's. Because it's fun there. And we just get into the saloon vibe of it and play and honky tonka up. So I can't wait to hear your album and also to hear you playing at D's. And for a moment, maybe we can revisit that space we were in when we came upon the song, The Archer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't on either of these albums because Maya is so prolific as a songwriter. So, I mean, not that's not the reason, but like just to think of how many songs you've written, like in this last amount of time and that you're already putting them into the recording phase of it all. It's pretty inspiring. (laughs) I bet everyone out there is probably inspired. I am, Um, but when you came over, we played the game that I talk about a lot. Oh, and you're hearing an airplane fly by. The game where we separate into two rooms and then we each create a little seed of a song and we come back and we share them. Well, Nothing Else Matters was the seed that Maya began. And then um, the Archer was the seed that I began in that room. And so we had come together and worked on the nothing else matters and we're so excited and it was just a matter of having more time Uh and we said okay should we do it again and we did a second round where we separated for 20 more minutes and kept working and came back and I actually even think there was another seed of a song that came out of that time but um, the archer was the one that came from the first time and we came back and we worked on it and you brought so many ideas to the table and I just feel so creative and free to express around you Kind of like what we've been talking about, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, it was about. I mean, we were talking about the division between the masculine and the feminine energy forces on planet Earth right now. And here, there's a here talk about that right now. We've got the airplane. I don't even was that is the airplane masculine or feminine?
2: I guess it depends on which romance language you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I guess yeah, like la and um, but anyway, we we were discussing that emergence of the divine feminine and like the ability for the divine feminine to feel safe within a space that is held by the divine masculine, and that that doesn 't require gender, but that that does, is required like the pearl and the oyster, the divine feminine and the d- divine masculine can be held and I think we were riding towards the energy that so often the divine feminine doesn't feel safe. And it was kind of a it's kind of a song about trusting that we can sink into the arms of the divine masculine and and be and accept that, that, that our freedom is not taken away by being held within the arms of divine masculine love.
2: <laughs> totally. So that's what the song feels like it's about, and I, what I love about that song, the first I think like my first impression when you start when you sort of brought the seed of it and the, and what you were working on, is just how wandering the melody is, and like the the melody wanders, and then kind of comes back, and then but the and the chords are moving under the melody, like it's very um, like it feels like. Like searching, like the melody feels searching to me throughout, and I think that's like when you're explaining, you know, what what the song is about. Like it feels like a searching, and I think that's a really cool thing. That, that it's not a. I think it would be hard to hard. It would be a little harder. You have to. There would be some other layers of songwriting that you'd kind of need to tap into to 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 make to give that searching feel if it was like a more static melody, you know, like but the fact that it's so wandering and exploratory and like like the part like the song is searching from the beginning, you know, whether you whether the first thing that you're hearing is the lyrics or whether the first thing you're hearing is the melody, you're get you're like you're kind of like it's like okay let me take your hand you're along for the journey of this song like so because i think some people listen some people are able to listen to one side or the other more strongly you know or some people like there's yeah there's songs where like you kind of only just know how it makes you feel but not even what it's about sometimes and like i feel like this is the kind of song that it's like wow like no matter what kind of ear you're coming with to the song like you can feel some things from just for me especially like that melody is just gorgeous and searching and and like really supports the message of the song
1: mm. well with that thank you so much maya for chatting we're coming on the end of our walk here Sorry, and I talk
2: so much i'm drinking coffee
1: no it's so <laughs> wonderful to hear your voice and um, that's we'll just listen to the, our song the Archer. And um, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. Since the
0: dawn of the sparrow your arrow been pointed my
1: Thanks for tuning in to Listen First. All of my Patreon subscribers act as a grassroots, cooperative publishing deal for me and the other songwriters on this podcast. So, if you like what you heard, please tell your friends to subscribe, too. Thanks for listening first. To subscribe, just go to www.pbhuntmusic.com podcast and click Become a Patron of Listen First.